Hasn't it been great already? I mean, we could just end right now. I mean, our worship team, it just blows me away every single year. Can we just thank God for our worship team? They're just doing a great, incredible, incredible job. Again, I want to welcome those of you guys who are online as well as, you know, who are in our C1 and C2, you know, overflow rooms. It's not our ideal, you know, for you, but I pray that this has been a great experience, you know, for you as we continue to just be here on this evening. Um, one of the things, you know, uh, that you may notice, you know, right now that is not normal is this is called a tie. And uh, no, you will never see me wear this again, in case you're new. Uh, it's just one of those things that uh, on Christmas that we say, you know what, you know, this is kind of worth kind of coming out for, just dressing up just a little bit. Now, most people love, you know, Christmas in one aspect or another, and many love Christmas movies and specifically have favorites. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to raise your hand. You can clap if I mention your favorite or uh, put it in the chat. Again, raise your hand if you're in our overflow as well. Uh, your favorite might be Charlie Brown Christmas. Any Charlie Brown Christmas? Raise your hands. Clap there. Okay. How about uh, It's a Wonderful Life? It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. We're getting there. Uh, 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 Christmas Vacation. Little Chevy Chase. All right, we're kind of building up. Uh, the number one grossing Christmas movie of all time, Home Alone. Any Home Alone fans? One, two, or three. Uh, how about any version of A Christmas Carol? There's like 25 of them, from Scrooge to Mickey Mouse Christmas to something else along those lines. And obviously, a true uh, controversial classic. How about Die Hard? Any Die Hard fans? <laughs> Why is it that Die Hard gets the biggest response every time we do this? And I know there's more movies out there, you know, but one of the things that we do as a family is every time we set up our Christmas tree, we have a tradition you know, where we watch the movie Elf. Any Elf fans you know, that are out there? You know, uh, I, I even have my Buddy the Elf socks on you know, tonight, for those of you who are a little closer, you know, being able to, to have that today. Now, uh, again, the story, uh, um, spoiler alert, uh, of Elf is uh, about Buddy, who is a human, but raised by elves in the North Pole. He discovers he is not an oversized elf and decides to head to New York City to build a relationship with his dad, who also happens to be on the naughty list. Now, one of the things that Buddy is raised with is what is called the Code of the Elves. The Code of the Elves, and if you've seen this, you'll be very familiar with the three codes of the elves. The first one is treat every day like Christmas. The second code is there is room for everyone on the nice list. And then the third rule is the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loudly for all to hear. What's funny is that as it pertains to the true story of Christmas, the elves were right as it pertains to Christmas. Almost. There's only one word that they didn't get quite right. In fact, what we're going to do is just for the next few moments, we're going to only look at one primary verse. We're going to look at some others, but primary verse, and it's found in our Old Testament in the book of Zephaniah. Say Zephaniah. Zephaniah. Zephaniah 3.17 says this, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. So as it pertains to the real story of Christmas, there is a human code that God gives us that's very similar to the elves code. The first is exactly the same. Treat every day like Christmas. 
See, Christmas is celebrating the coming of God to earth in human form, in the form of Jesus Christ. In fact, Matthew 123 tells us, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior has come to the world and the gift of Christmas is Jesus. And God hopes that as followers and as humans that we would follow Jesus all year long, not just on Christmas. In fact, this is how our verse in Zephaniah says it. For the Lord your God is living among you. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus with us all year long. See, since Jesus is with us, understand this. He knows your hearts. He knows mine. He knows our thoughts. He knows our vulnerabilities. Uh, He knows our dreams, our insecurities, our faults. Maybe another way to say it is this. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Now, now seriously, you know, we do treat every day like Christmas when we recognize that Jesus isn't just with us one day of the year, but all throughout the course of the year. He is with us in our ups and downs. He's with us in our triumphs and our tragedies. He's with us in our successes and our failures. He's with us when we feel isolated and alone. And maybe this last year you've suffered some loss. Maybe you've lost a job, gone through a divorce. Maybe you had a friend who turned their back on you because they didn't agree politically or how to handle the COVID situation. The holidays may be especially hard if you really recently lost someone to death. Maybe it was a parent, grandparent, a child, or even a miscarriage. As we celebrate Christmas all year long, I want you to hear, you are never alone. Jesus says it this way, I am with you always even to the very end of the age. See, Jesus is with us individually, but Emmanuel also means he's with us corporately. He's with us in relationships. Jesus is with us through relationship with others. Basically, in Christ-centered community, Emmanuel, we get to experience God as we get together with other people. Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 18. For a two or three gather together in my name, as my followers, I am there among them. You see, we treat every day like Christmas as we gather together to be known and to know others in real relationships. You see, if COVID has taught us anything, it has taught us that we were never meant to be isolated. We were never meant to be secluded from other people and Zoom isn't enough. That we are called to be in deep, meaningful relationships. Uh, Let me say it this way in case you may have understood this idea of Christianity from a different perspective See, Christianity is a we and God relationship, not a me and God religion. It's Emmanuel, God doesn't say with me, God with us. See, here at Valley Real Life, we do that when we get together, you know, with things like services. But even more importantly, we do it when we're in smaller groups and we're known and we get to know other people in what we call here life groups. And believe it or not, I know it's going to sound surprising, but we're actually open more than on Christmas and Easter. It's true. You can come back and you'll be surprised. The doors are open and we'll be here. But it's in life groups, in these men's groups and women's groups and mixed groups, singles, celebrate recovery groups, going through hurts, habits, and hangups or divorce care or grief share if you've suffered and lost a loved one. We go through life together with Jesus at the center. Emmanuel, God with us. 
So we have the opportunity to treat every day like Christmas because God is with us individually and together in Christ-centered relationships all year long. But the only way that's impactful in our lives is if we follow the second code for us as humans, which is there is room for everyone on God's list. There's room for everyone on God's list. See, this is where we're slightly different than the code of the elves. But just like Santa, God actually has a list. And the list is called the book of life. And in it are written names of people who will be with him in a place called heaven for all eternity. But it comes at a cost. And so we've got to ask ourselves, how do we make it on God's list? You've been told how to make it on Santa's list, but how do we make it on God's list? And if you believe that there is a God, there's usually two primary responses when people get asked that question. First, many people believe that as long as I'm good enough, just like with Santa, I get to make it onto God's list. But the only problem is who determines who's good enough? Because usually we love to compare with other people, but we don't compare up, we always compare down. You know, like compared to a murderer, I'm a good person. God, let me in. Like way to have the bar high, right? Way to shoot for, for all that it is. The problem is the Bible doesn't make that distinction, which is actually encouraging. So you see, the Bible says in Romans 3, for everyone has sinned and all, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. In other words, nobody's good enough in order to make it onto God's list. Secondly, if none of us are good enough, then we need something or in this case, someone to help us to get on God's list because we can't do it on our own. This is why in the Christmas story, we read in Matthew chapter one, and Mary will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Our verse in Zephaniah says it this way. He, God, is a mighty savior. You see, here's the key. You have to make a decision from the fact that he is a mighty savior to your mighty savior. There's a difference between the truth and the truth being experienced. The gift has been extended, but it's not a gift until it's received and applied in our lives. See, accepting Jesus is the only way to make it onto God's list. And it's so, so fun when it comes to Christmas because we talk about this on a yearly basis. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And from our perspective, Christmas should be all about Jesus. But I wonder if you've ever thought from God's perspective, Christmas is all about you and all about me. See, John 3.16 tells us, for this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. There's more than enough room on God's list. And you and I have the choice whether we're going to accept that gift that has been given. Which leads us to number three. The third code for us as humans is the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loudly for all to hear. See, singing is a demonstration of passion, of love, of commitment. It's hard to find people who don't like music. Now, now, you might be a person who has different tastes of music. Like, I don't understand why anybody likes country music, but that's just me. You know, I'm right and you're wrong. I mean, that's all it is. But music evokes emotion. If it does on a regular basis. And when you're excited, you can't help but respond in a chanting or singing of sorts. You might have been to a Zags game. Oh, oh, oh. 
Oh, 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 In Luke chapter two, it says it this way. The angels tell the shepherds, the savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. And they couldn't help based on their excitement about the news that was taking place, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those to whom God is pleased. In fact, after the shepherds you know, heard this news, the Bible says the shepherds told everyone what happened, what the angel had said to them about this child. They couldn't help but share with others. And then it says the shepherds went back to their flocks, notice this, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. They couldn't help their excitement of the what they had just actually had witnessed. In fact, sometime later, these guys called the wise men from the east, you know, said they entered the house and saw a child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. See the theme that's going on here? See, one of the best ways that we're worshiping God is actually through song. The best way to share Christmas cheer is singing loudly for all to hear. It's a natural response. We sing or get pumped up with things that we are in love with, things that we just care about. And what I want you to hear, especially if you've been to these Christmas services, you know, year after year, maybe you don't understand this sentence. God not only loves you, but he actually likes you. Now, for me, that's a revelation. Growing up, I had this image of this kind of fatherly figure in the sky who was just waiting for me to screw up. And we would screw up, it would be the, I told you so, and what's wrong with you, and why can't you ever do what I ask, and kind of that wagging the finger kind of perspective. And maybe you're like me, and you've had kind of that vision, or that visual of God, which is why I've heard from many people, they say, I could never go into a church because I'll get struck by lightning, right? The whole place would fall down if I walked in. See, there's an image of God that you have that's not what our, our, our book in the Bible, Zephaniah, says. See, Zephaniah says, God will take delight in you with gladness. He doesn't just love you. He takes delight in you. With his love, he will calm all your fears. See, God just doesn't put up with you. He doesn't just tolerate you because of sin you know, and the things that are in, in, in your life and in my life. But he actually wants to be around you. He wants to calm your fears. What fear do you have that you can actually turn over to God to experience the peace on earth that he promises. What's so encouraging is that you can see on someone's face when they truly delight in someone. Ever seen that? When somebody walks in the room and their facial expression just changes and you just know that. I mean, think about it even in your own life. Somebody right now in the present, maybe it could be even somebody in the past, you know, uh, even put that person down in the chat if you're watching it online and, and, and begin to imagine when they walk in the room, you're just like, yes, that person is here. And no matter what's going on in the circumstances of your life, they just make you feel better just by their very presence. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a child. 
Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a boyfriend or girlfriend. Whoever it may be, I want you to not miss this. God feels that way about you. He feels that way about you. And as a response to the delight that God has in us, we get to respond back to him through song. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loudly for all to hear. Hebrews 13, 15 tells us, therefore let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. This is why we gather and have gathered for thousands of years that a good chunk of our services together is to sing. In fact, let's call it Christmas cheer because we're here to celebrate Christ and mass just means gathering. That's what we're here to do. Now, if you were to come on a, on a normal weekend, you would know that some of the songs may be new to you, but some of them may be familiar. Uh, like the one we're about to sing now called Silent Night. In fact, if you've got your candles, whether you've got a candle at home or in the other room, you're going to want to grab those, you know, right now. It's one of those traditions that you sing on a regular basis. We're going to sing about Jesus being the Savior that was born, that he was Lord from birth. Now, I don't want you to miss this. When we start that song, our ushers are going to come up the aisles and light our candles. (laughs) But in order for us to do this safely... We have a demonstration, a a video on how to do it. So as you may watch, the unlit candle is the one who actually goes into the lit candle because we don't want your friends sitting next to you to have wax all over their beautiful whatever they're wearing this evening, okay? So the unlit goes into the lit. Also, we don't want you to light someone's hair on fire, which is why we're gonna ask you during the song to remain seated so that if you don't accidentally stand up and somebody may put a little too much hairspray in it and it's gone gone up in flames, yes, check out TikTok if you've not seen those already. But don't miss this. We aren't the only ones singing. We aren't the only ones singing. Our verse in Zephaniah ends with this powerful truth that many of you who are already followers of Christ probably have never thought about before. He, God, will rejoice over you with joyful songs. God sings over you. That's how much he delights in you. See, as a father, I remember very clearly, you know, when, when, when my kids were infants and when they would start to cry and you would just kind of hold them and you'd begin to hum or you'd begin to sing and you try to calm them down and you would swaddle them and you kind of you know, go back and forth you know, as a mom or a dad when they were that little. In the same way, God does that for us. In fact, I bet none of us have pictured what heaven really is going to be like. I think many of us have been taught that we're just going to be worshiping God you know, all day long. And yes, there's going to be an aspect of worship for sure. But have you ever thought that God is going to take his turn and he's actually going to sing over us? Wow, what a picture. See, God delights in you and sings over you. In fact, in our Old Testament, the priests on behalf of God would bless the people. They would sing over the people and they would sing something like this that we find in Numbers chapter 6 verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to have our worship team sing over you 
in a similar vein that God would sing over you. And our hope is during this song and this Christmas season, whether you're watching online or whether you're watching in one of our overflow rooms, that you would just sit and process. Just be still for just a few minutes as they sing over you. Maybe for some of you, you need to process through a commitment that you've been dragged here, bribed to come here, but I do believe that you're here for a reason, that you and I can celebrate Christmas, not just once a year, but we would treat every day as Christmas. Maybe for some of you others, you need to find yourself on God's list by receiving Christ. That's something that you can do in the quietness of your heart, just saying, God, I receive you. Or maybe some of you are going to commit to spreading Christmas cheer by singing loudly for all to hear. In other words, not being ashamed to tell others and to invite others to experience who he is. My prayer is that God would speak to you now. Jesus, thank you so much for this time and this opportunity that we've had up to this point. And I pray, Father, now more than ever, that as people are watching online, that you would just direct their hearts and their steps. And if they're watching in our overflow room, that you would just guide and lead what is the reason that you have them there. And I pray that you'd be with us in the room, that we would just be able to just pause for just a second and allow these words to wash over us as we think about what you're trying to say to us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.